We're going to involve you in the sermon this morning, so we do ask you to take this blue sheet out and turn to where it says one. We're going to be praying together some of these marvelous prayers that all deal with the subject that we're going to be talking about this morning, and that is Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. They're all taken from the Triodion, or the prayers of our church, and show what a tremendous focus and emphasis our church has always placed on the Lord's mercy. Uh, many people remember the Russian couple, not many, because some are not old enough, the Russian couple, the Rosenbergs, who were tried in court in the early 50s for treason against the United States. The trial was a long one and a bitter one. As the final sentence was pronounced, the lawyer for the Rosenbergs cried out, Your Honor, what my client, my clients ask for is justice. And Judge Kaufman replied, What the court has given them is what they ask, justice. What they really want is mercy, but mercy is something this court has no right to give them. The one who has the right to give mercy is the Lord God. And this was brought out in last Sunday's Gospel reading of the Pharisee and the publican. You remember the publican prayed, God be merciful to me the sinner. This was his only plea to God for mercy. Without this prayer for mercy, Christianity would be a philosophy, a history, a code, but not a religion that saves. The same theme of God's mercy is expressed again in today's Gospel lesson of the prodigal son. Listen to the words, let's read them together, of the hymn from the Vesper service of the prodigal son last night. That's number one, so let's pray it together. As the prodigal son, I come to you, merciful God. I have wasted my whole life in a foreign land. I have scattered the wealth which you gave me, O Father. Receive me in repentance, O God, and have mercy on me. One of the most beautiful examples of mercy is the prodigal son who leaves home. He wastes all of the resources that the father had given him. He wastes them in sin. He ends up living with pigs. Finally, he remembers his father. He remembers his home. He repents. He returns home with a father where he is embraced and kissed by the waiting father who also declares a feast to celebrate his return. That's God's mercy. The same theme of mercy will be emphasized again in next Sunday's Gospel lesson, which deals with the second coming of Jesus. Let's read together number two. These are, this is a prayer taken from the Orphos, the Matin service that we shall be praying next Sunday. Number two, have mercy, O Lord, have mercy upon me. 
I cry to you when you come with your angels to give to every person due return for his or her deeds. Our cry is going to be what? For mercy. Uh, after the gospel reading at the matin service on each Sunday during pre-Lent and Lent, we hear the following beautiful hymns of repentance. Let's read them together. Number three. Open to me the doors of repentance, O life giver, but in your compassion purify me by the loving kindness of your mercy. When I think of the many evil things I have done, wretch that I am, I tremble at the fearful day of judgment. But trusting in your loving kindness, I, like David, I cry out to you, have mercy on me, O God, according to your great mercy. Now these hymns are preceded by the psalm that's read every Sunday morning in the Matin service, Psalm 51. And Psalm 51 is a, is a psalm written by David wherein he confesses his sins to God, his many sins. And in this psalm, not only does God confess his sins, but he proclaims that God's steadfast love and mercy are greater than all of the sins of his creatures. Paul expressed this beautifully when he wrote, where sin abounds, grace, mercy, superabounds. Let's read number four from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy steadfast love. According to thy abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Another place where the call to God for mercy is heard during the first week of Lent is in the beautiful penitential canon of St. Andrew of Crete, sung every evening during Compline. Let's read some of those beautiful prayers, all of them dealing and appealing to God's mercy in our behalf. Now that's number five. I have sinned, O Lord, I have sinned against you. Be merciful to me, though there is no one whose sins I have not surpassed. I cry to you, O Lord, have mercy, have mercy on me. When you come with your angels to give due reward to each person for his deeds, I have sinned as no other person before. I have transgressed more than any other, O Lord. Before the day of judgment comes, be merciful to me, O lover of man. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. David once showed us the image of true repentance in the psalm he wrote exposing all that he had done. Be merciful to me and cleanse me, he wrote, for against you only have I sinned the God of our fathers. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. I have distorted your image, O Savior, and broken your commandments. The beauty of my soul has been spoiled, and its light extinguished by my sins. But have pity on me, and in David's words, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. Return, return, Uncover what is hidden. 
Say to God who knows all things, you are my only Savior and know my terrible secrets. Yet in David's words I cry to you, be merciful to me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me. Now the gateway, the gateway, the key that opens the door to God's mercy is repentance. And this was expressed so beautifully by St. John of Kronstadt when he wrote, let us hasten to call forth his mercy by repentance and tears. And one of the most repeated prayers in the liturgy is the prayer, Kirileisum. Lord have mercy. We say it 10, 20, 30, 40, a hundred times. And there's a good reason why we keep repeating it so often. Because it is only by that plea of mercy that we shall ever get into heaven. And St. Simeon of Thessaloniki writes about these words. Have mercy upon us, O God, according to your great mercy we beseech you. This expression, he says, is appropriate since we should not ask for anything except mercy. As we have neither boldness, he says, nor access to offer anything as our own. So as sinners and condemned through sin, we cannot nor dare not say anything to our loving Master except Lord, have mercy. And the excellent book entitled Orthodox Worship gives us a beautiful definition of that word mercy. Quote, the word mercy in English is the translation of the Greek word eleos. Now this word has the same ultimate root as the old Greek word for oil, olive oil, eleon. And olive oil is a substance which was used extensively in the old days as a soothing agent for bruises and for minor wounds. The oil was poured on the womb, wound and gently massaged in, thus soothing, comforting, and making whole the injured part. Now the Hebrew word is also translated as Eleos, and this is hesed, and it means steadfast love. It's the Hebrew equivalent of the beautiful word eleos. Then the Lord have mercy, of course, is kirileisum. So when we say kirileisum, Lord have mercy, and we have that picture of eleos with the olive oil in mind, it comes out like this. Lord, soothe me. Lord, comfort me. Lord, take away my pain. Lord, show me your steadfast love. Thus, mercy does not refer so much to justice or acquittal, which is a very Western interpretation, but to the infinite loving kindness of God and his compassion for his suffering children. So it is in this sense that we pray, Lord, have mercy. Pour the oil of your loving kindness of your love and mercy and forgiveness upon me. And that's why we pray it so frequently in the liturgy. 
The next prayer that I'd like for us to say together is number six. It's a prayer from the liturgy that is prayed by the priest at the altar every Sunday because it reminds us that God's awesomeness, his majesty, his power are exceeded only by his mercy. That's number six. Let's pray it together. O Lord our God, whose power is unimaginable and whose glory is inconceivable, whose mercy is immeasurable and whose love for mankind is beyond all words. In your compassion, Lord, look down on us and on this holy house and grant us and those who are praying with us the riches of your mercy and compassion. For to you are due all glory, honor, worship to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Let's think very briefly of the people who came to Jesus in the New Testament with that prayer, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. The Canaanite woman whose daughter was tormented by a devil, she persisted in her plea for mercy until her daughter was healed. And she was healed with that prayer to Jesus, Lord have mercy. The man whose son was possessed by an evil spirit that threw him into the fire, he came to Jesus with that plea, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. And the prayer was answered, and his son was healed. And the two blind men sitting on a road outside Jericho who cried out to Jesus these same words, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. Their cry was heard immediately by Jesus who healed both of them. So in all of these instances, Kyrie eleison, was not a prayer that was recited unthinkingly or mechanically, by rote, but it was a cry of sincere faith that came from their hearts, a cry of desperate need and dependence on Jesus. And such a prayer, such a prayer, God will never despise. There's a precious story of a mother who came to Napoleon one day pleading that Napoleon spare her condemned son's life. The emperor said that the crime that her son had committed was dreadful. Justice demanded that his life be taken. Sir, sobbed the mother, not justice but mercy. And the emperor said, he does not deserve mercy. And the mother shot back and said, sir, if he deserved it, it would not be mercy. And Napoleon said, Ah, yes, how true. I will have mercy. We dare not stand before the throne of God and ask that we be given what we deserve. Our only cry is, Lord, have mercy. And the miracle is that there is mercy at the very heart of this universe beats the heart of God's mercy. I tell you, said Jesus last Sunday in the Gospel lesson about the publican, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Justified by God's mercy. C.S. Lewis tells an interesting story in his book, The Great Divorce. I'm sure you've heard it before. This is a reminder. 
a busload of ghosts was making an ex excursion from hell up to heaven with a view of uh, looking around and seeing if they wish to stay there permanently in heaven. And there in heaven they meet the citizens of heaven and one very big ghost from hell is astonished to find there a man who on earth had been tried and executed for murder and now he's in heaven. What I'd like to know, explodes this big ghost from hell, is what you're doing here. You a murderer, while I, a pillar of society, a self-respecting and decent citizen, am forced to walk the streets down here in smoke and fumes and live in a place that's like a pigsty. His friend from heaven tries to explain to him that he has been forgiven, that both he and the man he had murdered have been reunited before the judgment seat of Christ. But the big ghost from hell goes on angrily and says, I just can't buy that. My rights, he keeps shouting. I've got to have my rights, the same as you. Oh no, his friend from heaven keeps reassuring him. It's not as bad as all that. You don't want your rights. Why, if I had gotten my rights, I would never be here. You'll never get your rights. You'll get something far better. You will get the mercy of God. And that is why we pray so often in the liturgy, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. And this prayer, uttered with the least particle of faith, will open the way to God's forgiveness and to the coming of God's kingdom in our hearts. Another one of the most precious prayers of our church is the Jesus prayer. And that's another prayer that focuses completely on God's mercy. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, the sinner. And St. Simeon, St. Isaac the Syrian said once, Never say that God is just. If he were just, you would be in hell. Rely only on his injustice, which is mercy, love, forgiveness. Let's pray together number seven from Psalm 51 again. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. There was a woman, woman once who hired an artist to paint her portrait, and when the portrait was finished, the woman complained that the, the artist, the portrait, the portrait didn't do her justice. And the artist laughed and said, Lady, you don't need justice, you need mercy. Now one man said, this is what I felt Jesus was saying to me as he looked down at me from the cross. He said, you don't need justice. You need mercy. And here from the cross he says, here is the mercy you need. It's being pour out, poured out for you by the love of God. In spite of your tainted past and your sins, God loves you and wants to cleanse you. Together, number nine from Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, 
even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, what if you were to die, and people die suddenly, suddenly, all the time, uh, we're just a heartbeat away from God constantly, so we die suddenly, and we appear before God, and God asks us, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? It's a pretty powerful question. One person replied and said, like the publican, I would fall to my knees, beat my breast, and with my eyes cast on the ground, I would plead, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. I would say what the prodigal son said in the gospel lesson this morning. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your servants, and I'll be in heaven as your servant, happy forevermore. I conclude, a dying Christian was asked on his deathbed, are you going now to receive your reward? And he said, oh no, no. I'm going to receive not my reward, but God's mercy. May we pray together the concluding prayer from the Triodium, number 10. As the prodigal son, I come to thee, merciful Lord. I have wasted my whole life in a foreign land. I have scattered the wealth which thou gavest me, O Father. Receive me in repentance, O God, and have mercy upon me. Amen.